Testing, testing, one, two, three. I'm gonna call this right here windshield time because I'm just gonna just kind of ride around and I'm gonna I'm actually driving from the house from from my home to a job site. It's about seven o'clock. Usually I'm out about six thirty. I like to get out before the traffic comes. But here's what we got. Um, I was sitting here reflecting about building today. Building has changed, guys. It has changed dramatically. Just like I think everything else has changed, um, and, you know, and, and we have to adopt. Well, I'm sorry, we have to adapt in order to in order to uh, survive in this game. I told builders a long time ago that we're going to wake up. If you're a custom builder, you know, that's, that, that, there's a difference between custom builder and a production a production builder. All right. Um, if you are a custom builder, a uh, custom home builder, you have to understand that <clears throat> I told builders a long time ago that we're going to wake up and we're going to be extinct uh, because we're not changing the way things are changing. Um, and here's what I'm seeing. Here's, here's what I'm seeing the difference. And I saw this a long time ago. I just, you know, at the time I really couldn't develop a team to um, – in order to make this work. Now, when it comes to me, yeah, I've really tried to develop a team to build, but it's really hard because I, you get, you get kind of caught up into, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this right here. I may have to cut that part. Um, but bottom line, this right here is, um, this right here is going to be what I call the windshield time. Um, like I said, I'm going to be talking about from one site to the next, uh, the things that I'm seeing is changing. But, but guys, the custom guy is a wrap. He's done. We're not going to come back from this right here. Um, if you're a custom builder and you go out here and you try to build a home for individuals, um, it's very difficult. It's, it's very difficult because the market has changed so much. Um, and there are a couple of things that you got to have in place in order to go to the next level. And I, and I really think that there are three things that you really need to focus on and get those things right um, in order to make it in this um, industry. Bottom line is you're not going to be able to make it by yourself. If you're out here, you're trying to build and do things, and, and you're that one guy in the truck like it used to be, like in the 80s, in the 90s, and probably the early parts of the 2000s, and you were that one builder that, you know, you kind of did it all. You had a truck. You had a nice Chevy, a Ford truck that you rode around in, and you, you, you know, you you got deals here and there, and a lot of your deals came through um, referrals, and you just went out there and did a few houses. I mean, you could have made a good living. You know, two, three houses a year, you know, if you profit from them, um, you could do pretty good. And what I realized is, you know, uh, and this whole game is that, you know, it's really, really easy to build. So for me, when you've been building for a while and you kind of know how the process works, because the process is all the same, you know, take that you deal with certain municipalities and things like that, but the process is all the same. But if you can go out here, you know, building a house is not that bad. But what's, what's hard to do is to build a house and actually make a profit from that house. I mean, make really make money. Uh, from that house, and, and especially if you know what you're doing, and make money um, 
as it relates to the amount of time that you put into it. Okay? That's a tough job. It's, it's, it's really, really tough to do. Uh, but what I'm seeing now is there are three things that we got to get on board. And I tell you, the, the, the guy in the truck, he had a nice truck. He probably did his office stuff at home and, and um, you know, kind of, you know, just kind of made sure he followed things. And, uh, but he did it all. He did the administrative side, so he did the business side. He sold houses. He really didn't have to sell too much because people actually, um, most of the jobs were referred to him. You know, family members and things like that kind of knew him. They kind of referred him. Had a good name, good reputation. So he didn't have to do much of that. He didn't have to do much marketing. But he just went out there and made sure all the subs showed up. Now, this is another thing people don't really understand about uh, home builders. Really, home building, it, it shouldn't be called home builder. It should be called um, residential contractor. Res, a residential, uh, it, should be, it, it should be referred to as a residential general contractor. They really need to change the name in Alabama from home builder to residential general contractor. And I say that because as a home builder, when you get your home builder's license, you don't actually build anything, typically. You can, but you really don't build anything. All right. I sub out 100% of the work. 100%. I don't, um, you know, I don't really want to get out there and do anything. Now, I will get out there and do punch items to get things done so the inspector can come out there, which is really what a superintendent is going to do if, you, if your building is big enough and you got a superintendent. Um, but I don't want to get out there and touch anything. Number one, I really don't have time to be accountable for that stuff. I'd rather pick up the phone. When things go wrong, I'd rather pick up the phone and have a sub a dependable sub to come out there and take care of that stuff. That's what I'd rather have. Because one thing that's, that's more important than anything is my time. And I can't get that time back. Um, and that's time I could have been trying to go secure other deals or do other things. So I'd rather pick the phone up and have a guy to go out there and get it right. Uh, and that, that spirals off into a whole other subject because, you know, getting contractors to get stuff right today, man, it's, 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 it's unreal. I mean, just getting people to think today is just bad. It is. It is getting. Guys, I tell you what, that, that's a whole other subject. Of the, that, that's a whole other subject. So I'm gonna have to go back to that. I'm gonna come back to that one. But here's what we gotta do. Here's what we gotta do. There are three things that we really gotta just focus in on if we're gonna survive as builders. That that man, that one guy in the truck, it's not gonna make it anymore. He's done. So what you have to do is you have to get like the big boys, the, the, the bigger builders, the production guys. So you got the production builders, you got the custom builders. Uh, production builders are going to make their money from volume. Okay. The the regular custom guys, he's not going to build the volume. He may have maybe three or four houses a year, if that, but he's going to try to profit as much as he can off of those houses. And that's okay. Um, if you do a cost plus, now, if you're doing a guaranteed maximum price, and we'll talk about that, you 
a guaranteed maximum price, you're going to lose your ass um, in these games. Uh, unless you got budgets and allowances set up and the people understand that moving into the deal. But I think there's three things that you're going to need to have in place. One, the first thing is going to be um, these are the three items. You need to have your product, okay? You need to have your, your, your administrative, your business side of things need to be on point. And then you're going to have to have your marketing. Right. So let me talk about each one of those. I think the first thing you initially start with is going to be a product. Because you got to have a really, really good product. And if you got a really good product, and people get on to the fact that you got a good product, um, you know, people will come to you. This is how the custom guy got his business, because he had a good product. I mean, he, he took time. He focused on what he was doing. Now, like I said, production and construction today is very different. And it may be different for me because I know so much now. You know, I teach construction. I've been doing it for a while. I understand. The more I understand, the more things aggravate me because I see more things that go wrong because I've studied that stuff and I'm seeing it. Um, these subs are getting out here and they're messing things up. And you almost have to, guys, you have to actually sit out here. Everybody that walks on your site, you have to manage every last one of them, almost like you got to run them. You have to be the supervisor for every subcontractor. Now, you got to understand that a house has over 300,000 parts. It does. It has over 300,000 parts. And as a contractor, you're responsible for everything that happens on that site. Everything. See, when things go wrong, if, if you're the general contractor or just the home builder, you're responsible for it all. And things go wrong. And see, the custom guy, you know, he's out there all the time. You actually, with the custom guy, you're actually dealing with the guy who's got the building license. But he's going to be out there, man. He's going to be out there. He's going to watch the site. He's going to kind of orchestrate everything, make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. He's going to make sure things are done to entirety. Um, but that's the product. So if you, you produce a good product, uh, people are going to come to you. Now, when they know you got a good product. Now, the next one I would say would be the business side. And this is where I fail. And most custom builders, they're going to do well on the product. So they're going to do well on going out there getting everything together and making sure things get done. Most of them. But the problem is, well, you don't make your money when you build it. It's going to be on that administrative side. On that administrative side, that's when you're looking at the numbers, you're doing your business, you're sending out change orders, everything that goes on, you know, making sure everybody got their general liability insurance, making sure everybody got, you know, that they're licensed to do what they're supposed to do, make sure, you you know, you get the, the good subcontractors, make sure, you know, that they're all the paperwork stuff, you know, permits, business license, and at the end of the day, adding all that stuff up, you know, what, what is it costing for this, that, and the other and, and looking at all that stuff and making sure that you're making a profit, that is your business side. And I say that's more on your administrative side to make sure things are moving and, and working right. Now, I suffer, not suffer, but 
have a harder time because I'm one of them, if you're that guy in the truck, one of those are going to fail. One of them items is going to fail. So you got the custom, not custom, sorry, you have the production, which is your product that you're producing. And you have the business side of it, which is the administrative side. One of those are not going to do well. And typically, the mindset of the builders is when you got a builder, typically the administrative side is the one that's going to fail. That's the one they really don't want to do because they hate that shit. They hate it. They don't like to sit down and do the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. And now you got to track stuff down. you got to track costs. you got to put costs in spreadsheets. you got to make sure. Now, you know, I do buy software. I pay, you know, there's a good software. I probably pay about $250 a month just to have that software. It keeps up with everything. And it is, I guarantee, man, it is well worth it. And then you're estimating and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I do all that with the software. It helps out a whole lot. But, you know, it, it helps out with the administrative side, software. But if you're the custom guy, if, if you're the guy that's out here, is trying to make things happen and do things, it becomes overwhelming when you got to shift gears and jump over here to the administrative side. That is, I'm telling you, that is the hardest thing to do. You out here dealing with subcontractors, and then you got to go back and you got to crunch numbers and stuff to make sure things, make sure everybody's getting paid, make sure you have to make sure that people are charging the right stuff. So you got to watch all that stuff. And if you're not watching that stuff, man, that stuff will get out of hand. It'll get out of hand. You just, you don't have the time. Um, I'm even part of the Home Builders Association, man, and I just, I would love to be more actively involved, but I only have like three houses that I'm doing, and it takes a lot of time when you're trying to juggle both of those at the same time. You're going to you're going to drop the ball on one of them when you juggle them. You're going to drop that ball on one of them. So that administrative side, that's where you're going to figure out whether or not you're going to be making money. That's where you figure out, you know, you got estimators and stuff. And then you can probably sub out all of that stuff. Um, but it's, it's very difficult, guys. I mean, it's very difficult. Uh, like with your death rating and all that kind of stuff. Because if you got to sub out, to all of these different people, like say for instance, you decorate, you set that up. All these guys are getting, they're getting commissioned and they're getting paid based on how much they produce, how much they sell to you. That's how they get paid. And, and the problem is, they have an incentive to run your cost up. Especially if they're part of, if they're not, you know, if they're not part of your team, they don't have loyalty to you, their incentive is, is to run that cost up as much as possible so that they can get paid because they and typically like decorators and, and all of these other guys, you know, to become salesmen, so you're dealing with salesmen, like with the lumber sales and all those guys incentive is to make you pay as much as they can, to push you in in in, in their mind they don't understand that if you go broke uh, if I can't get my cost down for this guy, this guy is not going to be able to do the next deal. He's not going to make enough money to do the next deal and the next deal and the next deal. 
So if he goes out of business, I don't have another person that I can sell lumber to or I can sell decorations or tile or all those things. They're not thinking like that. They're thinking very short term. So in order for you to make it, you got to have all of these little guys, I think, you have to have all these guys on your team. It can't be out there floating around running roads by themselves. They can't do that. So that administrative side is critical, man. That's where you make your money. Now, I actually think the most important side, and this may be part of, probably part of the administrative side, I don't know, but well, within the administrative side, I would say the business of the building. Well, I guess all of them will be business, but but there's another part to it that you really need to focus on, and that's your marketing. Your marketing. Nothing happens without marketing. If you can't market, I mean, you can have a great product, but if you can't market and get that product in front of people and understand how people actually access that product today, and seeing that you do have a good product, none of that stuff means anything. Uh, if you can't sell or uh, create a a buzz that everybody wants this particular product, anything you do doesn't make any sense. Or if, if you're trying to get people, let's just say, for instance, you don't have a great, well, you got a product, but you need people to pay the maximum amount of money for that product, that depends on your marketing. You know, you got great marketing, people will spend a little bit more money if they feel like they're getting a much better product or a good product or a lifestyle. Whatever it is that they, that they want, you have to put that in front of them and give it to them. Uh, but the way you do that is going to be through your marketing. And, and, and Because without marketing and getting that product sold, none of that stuff means anything. Your product doesn't mean anything. Well, your product doesn't mean anything because you can't put it in front of people and sell it. Then you administer, you can't do business at that point because your business is gone. So here's what's going to have to happen. And I saw this a long time ago. I just never just jumped on it because it just didn't have time to do it. But you, know, and you, but you got to make time. You got to figure out a way to make time. What needs to happen is you got to go out here. It'll be better. I'm just. I think the best way to do it would be to have people in different people who focus and specialize in different areas that's good at what they do. Like say, for instance, production. But now there's overlap on each one of them. Say, say for instance, the production guy just can't be out there focused on production. He got to look at cost too. The the administrative guy. Looking at the, he, he needs to. There, there's certain things he needs to uh, focus on. Well, what are we doing wrong, or what, what we're doing here in order to make this right, make things happen? So there's overlap on each one of them. So you can't have the administrative guy just focus strictly on administrative things. You can't have the production guy focus on just production guy. So if you got a good production guy, you know he might do 80% production. That's what he's focused on. And then the other. The other 20% is going to be the administrative side and the marketing side. He needs to be thinking about that, too. If you have a good administrative guy that can run things and make things happen, go go secure money, uh, deal with banks and understand the finances and do all the stuff that's administratively that, that needs to be done, um, he also needs to, 
you know, it can be that he, she, they can be that 20%, but they also have to have another, you know, 10 to 20%, uh, I'm sorry, 80% doing that, but they need to have about 10 to 20%, you know, focused on the production as well. The marketing guys, marketing guys need to understand the whole gamut of things. Just, you know, this is the product that we got, because if you understand the product, you can sell it. But this is my, this is what I say needs to happen until you get that. So you might have three people that's all, you know, they all coming together, but they all specialize in certain things and getting those things done. Um, I think until you get that, man, it's going to be very difficult to to, to really make any money. And and here's another, here's one more thing. I, I honestly think that the custom, it's very difficult for people to make their mind you know, if you're a custom builder and you let people pick out those, you got it. And see, this is another problem. So let's just say, for instance, I'm a custom builder. I send people to, I don't know, I send the people to a, to pick out their fixtures. So I send them to the sales girl at the plumbing warehouse, at the place where you use plumbing supplies that typically I probably have an account with, right? So I send those guys over there. Well, that sales person don't work for me. So, and typically the way she or he makes their money is to sell more product. So there's no incentive for that plumbing person or that, that salesman who's selling those plumbing pictures to my customer. There's no incentive for them to get the cost down or to get them lower than their budget. There's always an incentive to get them to go over their budget because they're making more money and they're going to pay it. Because a lot of times those homeowners are going to have an emotional tie, a connection with that with that house. So yeah, they're going to they're gonna go out there and do that. They, 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 they gonna, and when those guys are going over budget on those items and stuff, See, that makes it really difficult because when you get down to the end of the, everybody's happy when you first start the house. You first start that house, you first start building and framing it going up. You know, you got you got plenty of drawers up in the bank. Um, you know, and everybody's happy. The builder's happy. The homeowner's happy. It starts to get tight later on down the line. Um, it starts to get a little tight later on down the line because what, what ends up happening is you start to see that you know uh, money starts running out. Um, they start to cut things. It, it's better to do that on the front end, by the way. But you know when you're picking out those things, you know when the money starts running out, then everybody you know, things get crazy. Relationships with homeowners in the building get crazy. It's getting crazy, you know. Especially if you got the builder who's a custom guy and he's not really—he's trying to get the house built, but he's, he's not really focused as much as he should be. He she should be on the um, on the administrative side, getting you know change orders and things like that out to the homeowners. You know, well, that becomes a problem. Especially, guys. I'm gonna tell you another thing. Especially change orders. Change orders are critical. 
that is, I'm telling you, man, change orders. If, if, if you don't, guys, if you don't keep up with those change orders, you will for certain go under. For certain. If you don't keep up with those change orders, because change orders, not only do they slow you down, they cost a hell of a lot more than what you probably think they cost. You know, when you, you know, if you change, let's say when you, you make a room two feet bigger, you know, you got more crown molding. You may have more concrete, depending on where it's at. I mean, guys, there's a whole array of things that you can be, you know, that those change orders can, can put into effect. And, incon- and it also creates inconvenience. It just, it keeps going. So I wouldn't, like, when you're dealing with a change order, guys, you, man, you better write them things down. Most builders, I tell you what, man, most builders who have went under, more than likely, when you do the, if you look at the administrative side and look at the paperwork and, and see if, if, if they hadn't been keeping up with the um, the costs and all those things, they, and they be trying to figure out, well, how in the hell did I lose money here? It's, it's probably going to be the change order. Some change orders, man. And and here's the thing, guys. When you when you when you do have a change order, this is what I would do. We got change orders. You need to have change orders at every stage. Now, sometimes a homeowner be making too many changes. I would probably have five different stages. Maybe like your foundation phase, your um, your framing stage, your your wall covering stage, maybe you know, you like your trim, you you know, you set out phase and your final. I would put change orders at every step, maybe six different steps, and I and and I would make sure that before I go from say for instance the foundation stage to the framing stage, that every change order that was done at that at that foundation stage was paid before I go to the frame stage. And I would I would not budge on that house. I tell that homeowner, hey, we got the foundation in. This is what you need to pay in order for us to go. This is where you was over. According to our contract, this is where you was over. And before we go to this stage, um, this is what you need to pay. If you're over. And more likely, you're going to be over. In today's market, you're not going to ever be uh, under. That's the funny thing, too, because it's almost like every step or everything you do, there's going to be something that's going to eat your cost. You can't sit there and think of everything. Um, so you're probably going to be over. I can guarantee you're probably going to be over at every step of the way. And that's why you got to, you know, that's why you got to keep on, like I said, you got to keep up with them change orders. But if you owe it to the homeowner to get those change orders in, them to the, in, in enough time, you don't want to wait to the end of the house. You're about to finish up the house and you, you, you dump a big giant change order on them. And it, it's not fair to them. They, hey, I mean, yeah, you're going to have to pay it. But especially if you can show and you're very transparent at what you're doing, that you can show them where all the costs went and everything went on your house. You know, not just I, when I bought a three-wheeler. Uh, I went and bought a motorcycle or something and, 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 and just splurred that money. You know, I, I spent this on the house. You see? So, you gotta have that, guys. You, you gotta have these, uh, 
you got to get those chains or the sign and done. You got to get that stuff in and, and, and send it to that horn and get them to sign. You sign it and get them to pay it. You know, you really need to get them to pay it out of their pocket and not coming from the bank. That's what you really need them to do. Um, you know, and then that way it just makes things easier toward the end. That way you guys are not in a big battle over, you know, uh, getting did a little bit at a time. You know, uh, it, it's still the same thing. They probably, did. but then also what happened too is if they got enough of those change orders, that's going to make them more realistic, and that's going to make them, you know, those homeowners they they're going they they'll chop it off when they when they, those change orders start to add up and they see they're adding up, they're gonna they're gonna stop all that asking for this that and other. They they will. They'll come in and say, "Well, no, I, I probably don't really need that. I'm, we're just going to do it without that." So have a It's tough, guys. I tell you, the building industry today, man. Is, uh, uh, but if you're going to survive this game, there's a way. So it's, it's not as bad as I'm making it sound. You can make it in this market. You just gotta. You just gotta. Um, you gotta have a team, guys. You can't get out here and do things on your own anymore. You can't be that old dude in the truck. Nice truck, you know, and uh, riding around and, and making things happen. That's that's just not going to happen today, guys. Um, and this is my first um, windshield time, so let's see how this thing works out. 